0: I think that was a really huge part of curating Metaphysical was like, how do I bring together a group of folks that like all kind of know each other through Twitter, but maybe aren't all best friends yet and are kind of doing similar things, but not all the same thing. And also like represent different types of people, race, gender, age, sexuality, location, but like also all kind of are like in this similar circle. And it really i I'm amazed and honored that it worked out the way it did and that everybody wanted to do it.
1: The boys got PhDs when it comes to talking about NFTs
0: and that's nifty. That's nifty.
1: they come to this place to talk about the crypto space.
2: And that's nifty. That's nifty. That's nifty. Your hosts for tonight's podcast are Tyler, Larry, and Slime Sunday. Damn, that's nifty.
3: Good morning, everybody. (laughs) It is Labor Day. Welcome to That's Nifty. We have an interview with Max Kolchinski, and the metaphysical uh, show that he did in Brooklyn with a bunch of good artists out there. Little clips from Black Sneakers, Squibs, Noah, and Christina from Bitsky later in the episode, so stay tuned for that. Uh, first off, I think we're just going to do some catch-up from last week, me and Larry here, so what do we want to jump into first, bud? Where we ate? Yeah, dude, so... Big into G after the weekend <laughs> for sure. Uh, joined forces. We're in cahoots with Napolrusk, and uh, I think we got six of them now.
4: Yeah, but it's one of those things where you can You know, you just can't help but continue to buy. <laughs> I mean, the floors are so juicy; they're just sitting there, screaming to be scooped up. Yeah, no, but it's one of those where you're
3: you're buying it because you want it.
4: I mean, one
3: hundred percent. I. I love my profile picture now, and I get it. I know why you guys were doing this thing. That, that's where
4: we should have let off. That's a big change. Huge change for me. Like Kid's finally I, off his ASCII. Yeah. His clarend X ASCII, I which to, was sick.
3: I, I liked it, and it'll always be part of my journey, but now I'm like, I understand the whole, like, I'm searching for different traits I like on OpenSea and, like, Scoping the floor, finding one that's aesthetically pleasing or rare. Or yeah, both. you didn't buy an ape because you didn't know how to use OpenSea at the time. Honestly, OpenSea was the biggest reason I'm not a millionaire right now. Appreciate it. <laughs> Probably not. That's definitely not the biggest
4: reason. No. It's not even the smallest reason. How did you try to get one primary?
3: Yes. So I, like many others, experienced some issues trying to get G-Balls on primary, uh, the site didn't even load for me. I think it was sold out before I even saw the mint site, but that was to be expected. I mean, this project had a million people like join his Discord like overnight. Everybody was trying to make a quick buck. It was well, yeah. Wild. We
4: kind of we kind of left out the lead where like Evol started pumping heavy.
3: Yeah, but, because that gets you on the whitelist with twenty five. Shout out Denzel. Yeah, so I think the, the floors that. What were they thirty something each? it was war to get in on Devos? i think yeah they were pumping heavy there was um <laughs> i think we
4: mentioned it last week we were like congrats to denzel first 20k sale yeah
3: <laughs> uh that was the dunce right yeah and then skyrocketed after what did he sell that for like 5e yeah he could not have foreseen that i don't i think felt I mean, like, like yeah but i felt
4: i understand why he he does so much crack because it feels like <laughs> you're an addict when you're going through trying to like flip through
3: <laughs> I need I need a hit. I need one. Well oh, it's crazy. They all look good. There's eight thousand of them and I'm like I like them all. Yeah,
4: and the most rare ones are the most simple ones.
3: Yeah, I so that's something I just learned about with Tetzards as well. Because I picked up some of those on uh object.bit or whatever the fuck that thing's called. But I guess the ones with the fewest traits somehow end up being the rarest because they're just there aren't that many of those. I don't really like that yeah. idea because I'm like, give me the like the craziest trait ones, and like that would be the coolest one. I would think maybe it isn't the rarest, but yeah, the the rarest one on the G sold for like eighteen ETH I think so far, and it's literally just a gray mask.
4: Yeah, yeah. I think there was a, uh, I think there was upwards of thirty
3: ETH sale
4: for some rare ones, which is wild. I know it is. It is. It's one of those where it's like I'm happy to to. to... Uh, spent my money
3: you know 100 i'm glad kids getting the recognition he deserves and i i don't care where the project goes like he said like if there's a roadmap or not a roadmap i don't care i bought it because i want that to be my profile picture and i fucking love the little guy now if it ends up coming with extras that's fucking cool that's a cherry on top but it's not something that i went into it for that reason you know
4: want to talk about why you might have a little bit of cash you your, your Clarence hit
3: Oh, yeah. So I um, I won a drawing for the Clarence Collectors for the Apes Nifty, the 1 of 10. And that was a pretty good hit. Like, how many entries were there? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe 60, oh, 60 okay. something. All right, okay. But it was hard to get because you had to have four. And I think one of them had to be the Alchemist. So it was like kind of tight who could actually enter for that. I thought I was going to win more pieces actually from that collection. But I'm, I was happy to win the one that I got. I got an offer from a person named Christine on Nifty Gateway for like 7 k and I I had to take it. I was I needed to be liquid. There were a lot of things I wanted to buy, including g and it really it allowed me to do that. And hats off to Clarence. Thank you very much. I think I set a pretty good price floor on that piece. I don't think anyone has undercut it yet. There are people out there throwing globals trying to scare people off, but people are holding on tight, so... I hope no one's mad at me about that, but I—I I honestly don't. I mean, I made seven thousand X. Clarence made some money. It set a pretty good price floor. Seven thousand X. <laughs> I mean, right? It was cost you one dollar. Yeah.
4: So right. Without telling people how much you paid for it, yeah, you know, it was a basic dollar math. It yeah. was a drawing. Yeah, you
3: could figure out what it's. But for. you could also I, check the timestamp. Yeah, I don't feel bad about that. Everyone all around made money, and I think that's a pretty good. Why would you feel bad floor. about that? I only feel bad because. Um, I love Claren so much and I do like the piece, and I wish I could have held on to it, but someone dangled too much money in front of my face, to be honest with you. But <clears throat> holding strong to everything else, still got my Wheezy, got my Alchemist, got two other pieces. So, gotcha. and then another Wheezy in the vault. That's a good segue. The nameless vault. We need a name for our vault. It's me, it's Larry, it's Naple Roosk. We own a lot of shit together. We want to kind of combine our. Uh, pieces so we can kind of view them as a gallery because we have like different pieces of sets and we want to display them all together and uh we need a name so if anybody can figure out a fucking cool name i mean that's the, honestly literally the least of our problems oh yeah and then we got to buy another ledger and move it all over there well first you gotta uh, we gotta move our own stuff into our own ledgers yeah that's still gonna be an episode we'll wait on that <laughs> tell me about the pages going on with pack because <laughs> i've missed all of that
4: well, for context, the only thing I'm going to explain is from me reading the website two hours before the drop <laughs> while multitasking at work. But I, I gathered enough to where I knew I needed to, to at least buy one. And this is like I'm such a dumbass where like I bought one, I think about one cube, you know, right. sold it, sold it for like four x. Like okay, good. And then they're at like how do you not $2, buy mul- from- How do you not buy multiple? But uh, like, I just did it again. Uh, like, all right, I at least have to be, I have to at least say I'm in here. So poets, pages, it's just early stages of a long ended scavenger hunt is if you want to like boil it down to what it is at its core, where you're going to be able to choose things. There's going to be airdrops. There's just so many things you that in so many avenues that you can go down in so many Uh, participants that it's going to be something if you own a if you own a page if you're part of the poets thing then i just think that that's your ticket to play so that's pretty much all i bought it for and Um, your page you have does it have a poem on it no do you want to see the page it's just a fucking page he bro are you serious talk sold a a fucking a pixel for for millions shout out
3: fucking eric young time Um, out the pages don't even have a poem on it you want to see what the page looks like? Yeah, if it's just a blank page, everyone's... going to lie. Oh, because there's, no, there's a reveal, when it went I'm guessing? To, no, I don't... Everyone I, just has a page, right? I'm not...
4: I can't answer these questions. I don't know. Do you want to read it? No. Do you want to read what the, the actual website says? You can read it out loud. No, I'm not going to.
3: Yeah. We're go not, do we're, your we're own research. Not, we're not a to read yeah. it out
4: loud, podcast. But yeah. the bottom line is that you'll be able to make choices as this continues to go. So you'll be able to utilize your
3: page turn it into something else be eligible for something else that's but, enough that's enough yeah so yeah. do your own research i don't know shit about it this will be one we of haven't those. known
4: shit about it since we've fucking started like I we could have bought like 10 cheaps and i know we just, and we're just like yeah this is fucking
3: dumb this is <laughs> this is going to be one of those things where larry gets an ape and i sit on the sideline and wish i got in but the I'm thing just is gonna like skip when, out on page when it.
4: you get an ape and you sell it at like what i sold it at and then you just like i didn't even have an ape <laughs>
3: <laughs> Other than that, Artifact's still pumping. They dropped the Jasty 3D. Yeah, did that sell out immediately? Sold out. Yeah. Night of. Um, too much lag is sitting at, uh, it was like 15 ETH as of last night. I haven't checked. Someone might have already upped that. The best part about the, the e- auctions, though, I know they haven't Coley method. I,
4: I Yes, but it's working is the best part, right? Where not only are they going and reserves being met, their their auctions now. They're not just
3: like that's going to yeah. be sold for the reserve. Think about right? that.
4: Yeah, like how many times can someone just hit a reserve price, honestly, and then it just sits there for twenty four hours, and then they actually end up getting it? Artifacts is is leaning towards multiple bids in auctions once it started. uh The faces
3: announcement. I oh yeah, it was like
4: an announcement announcement. But we forgot
3: to talk about this in the last episode, but the whole royal thing with yep. Blau. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, gonna probably change the music industry like dump it on it on its head like
4: yeah i'm just like curious to see what like how this gets rolled out in stages and you're seeing the first one with trials for
3: faces owners i think and that's a lot of people the only way i can see it working is that the faces would have to be in your wallet like if it's on nifty gateway i don't see a way for this in a web 3.0 fashion for them to know you have the token and then send you a reward in a certain currency back. They have to there. they're not going to send it to Nifty, but there's a unless way they're to, building it with Gemini. There's a different way to track it. I think. Didn't I? No, to know it's in your wallet, to know yeah, that yeah. But you are was the was doing owner.
4: this. He was like, he was like trying to figure out where some OG lay anime o- owners were, and like the ones on Nifty Gateway had to like get verified a different way. Remember that? It was yesterday. As I actually asked about it. Oh, the
3: PoAP tokens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's doing a Discord bot for the people that are in Nifty Gateway just to get the POAP token, but I don't think that's a, like, that's not a long-term thing for Royal. You know what I mean? This looks no, like yeah. a big company. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to think of a way how it, would, how it would connect. I still don't, I'm not 100% sure how that's going down, but shout out too much lag for having that idea. Create a POAP token. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. It might be POAP. <laughs> could, be, could be a fucking Pope. Um, but... I only have one from the Pope. Give me that Pope. Um, I'm pretty sure I only have one from the super rare collector badge from 2021. Did you ever pick that up? Um, I
4: don't know. No idea.
3: Well, if you did, it's probably in like your Pope wallet. No, send that that to ETH. Yeah, it's like it's a whole nother fucking thing.
4: Why don't we do this? Why don't you go through what I bought this week? What'd you buy this week? What'd you buy this week?
3: Uh, this week was all G vols Uh, bought some Tezards first um, generative like profile picture project on the Tez chain. Supposedly, I'm not sure how true that is, but they were popping off. They were minted at like 15 Tez. The floor is like 300 right now. Cool little dinosaurs. The art's really cool. It's from a children's book illustrator, so it's pretty cool. Um, the other things I bought this week. I'm all over threesomes, like I can't get enough of it. He's got some weird shit cooking up. Um, he released these Marlena Daytrick. She's like an um, actress from like way back in the day. Um, basically, they're a black and a white version. They're just uh, insert cards. And <laughs> you can combine them with other inserts that are colored from his previous drops. So he has like a red one, a blue one, and a purple one. You can like use them to paint with the cards basically. And then combine your inserts and get back different colors. So if you have a red and a blue, you can use the white to activate it to get a purple one. And then you can add white white inserts to that one to make a light purple or add the black ones to make a dark purple. There's 21 different color combinations, and I'm guessing that all of them are going to have different utility. Like he just went on another fucking level. But drop into his Discord, The Grotto, if you want to learn more about that shit, because he made an entire flowchart that it's just it's mind-blowing. And I don't know how a smart contract writer would even implement this kind of shit, but if that's your jam, you might just fall in love with this. So other than that, what did I buy this week? Uh, it's just g I think. Yeah, no nifty stuff. I bought some Alex D'Elia um, artifacts on uh, Hen. We'll have him on the podcast soon. Really cool guy of Colorado. He actually just sold a one-on-one for 2000 Tez. And I think it grants the owner like access to this other series he's going to be releasing. But cool guy. We'll learn more soon. What did you buy this week? G-Vols. That's it?
4: No, I might have bought a noob. I, was, I saw Steph Oh, yeah. And, and Sven, I think Sven's behind it in some, in some way. And it's probably an irresponsible way to say it. Sorry, bro, but (laughs) I bought a noob. I was like, that noob looks pretty cool, so
3: I saw that in your wallet, yeah. Yeah, and then what else did I buy? Nothing, G balls. It's been a yeah, it's been a quiet week (laughs) when when it comes to diversification. We've been hard on G balls. Yeah, I'm pretty illiquid at the moment, so I'll just be sitting on what I have. I'm just watching, waiting, lurking. Just to wrap up the project, too, though it's
4: like those are no brainer buys. Yeah. and like i went back and I was listening to the old podcast again and it's just like it makes sense it, t- it just totally makes sense it, it's when you're when you're spitting out that level of quality um it doesn't matter what you pay for it hey, it's going to be hard to sell no matter what
3: he hasn't said this um it's not true in any way but I believe that the evil character is going to be seen much like aku where it could have a Netflix show, it could have a streetwear brand behind it, or it could just be some cool art. Yeah. But I, I think it has potential to grow into a bigger IP. And I I think the the floor right now is laughable. I think if you have it like it's an easy scoop. If you find one that's anywhere in the middle rarity, like not financial advice, but I love them. <laughs> Put that on your grave. Yep. So without further ado, here's Max. Let's learn more about the metaphysical show that he did in Brooklyn. Peace. Yo. Max, what's going on, man?
0: How's it going, Tyler?
3: Doing good, man. It's just me today. So Larry uh, is doing some baseball. He's making it to the uh, the postseason, so he's playing some men's league baseball. So, yeah, unfortunately, but –
0: I was, I was in a softball league this summer and my team won like our, whatever they called it,
3: playoff thing. <laughs> I mean, it matters, right? Yeah. I mean, if you put in all those weeks, you know. Exactly. Well, I'm glad we got to sit down and talk to you, man. Um, you sent me over some awesome voice memos from some of the artists involved in, was it the Metaphysical Gallery in Brooklyn?
0: Yeah, yeah. That, that's the name of the show.
3: And so you put that together, right? That was kind of your brainchild
0: yeah yeah that's right it's, that's awesome. it was very much a community thing but like but yes
3: that's awesome man so we're we're gonna jump into um kind of yourself and then we can jump into some of those other artists as well so you know i've noticed that you're an artist yourself but you also work in the music industry right doing a and r
0: yeah that's right yeah. you want to give me a
3: little background on like your art first
0: yeah totally um i started sharing my art about three years ago in 2018 um it really came from a place of necessity of just expressing myself um at first a lot of it came as a result of um a lot of like hate speech i was seeing and anti-semitism specifically um at the time i was still in college and um i was seeing like swastika graffiti happening and obviously like a lot of stuff like that on social media at that time and it really pushed me in a direction to confront a lot of things that were triggering me and and making me upset um as a jewish american and i came up with this design for a poster that basically confronted the symbol that i was so conditioned to be afraid of and it really like helped me Flip the meaning of it, and and there is a lot of like great historical significance with the swastika before the Nazis. So I really like dove into that history and approached it in this way, and it sort of like spiraled into this larger project called Good Luck. Um, and the reason for that is that the original meaning of the swastika was good luck before all of that. And and when I heard that, I thought of the phrase "Mazel Tov," which is which means good luck. Um, so it just kind of like opened up my world, and and I'm it, I'm all self taught. Like I I took a couple of classes in school um, for graphic design and screen printing and stuff like that, but a lot of it is just kind of me like needing to get stuff out, um, and I'm still learning as I go, and and you know I hope I continue to grow as an artist. So that's really how that all started, and I, I did a couple of um, I did a solo show in 2018, showing good luck. For the first time. Um, and there was a zine and paintings and like all these different things. Um, I did a group show for my school right before I graduated. And then I was invited by a, a Jewish art, art organization in New York called Jewish Art Salon, which I'm a member of, um, to speak on a panel at the 92nd Street Y in Manhattan about art and anti Semitism. And that was like a very validating and really humbling experience to be up there with like a lot of artists that I admire and and talk about something like that serious that I'd only kind of just stuck my my uh, head into, so to speak. So that's kind of how it started. And then, you know, you mentioned I work in the music industry. So like work is very crazy all the time, (laughs) working with artists, and I wasn't very inspired after graduating to make stuff like I was in kind of a weird personal place. And then the pandemic happened and i learned about nfts and it just completely opened up my world in a new way i started on photoshop with like with kind of different things when i was younger so i i after a while like dove in to uh procreate and, and different digital mediums um and one of my good friends actually through music named squibs who's one of the artists in the show in the metaphysical show he was really one of the first people that i hit up and was like yo I know you make 3D stuff and AR and VR and all these things. Like if you put in half the time to this, that you did making beats, like you're going to do great in this space. Like, let's come up with some cool ideas and do stuff. So we started collaborating with like different artist friends of of ours and like shooting shots on Twitter that like landed at the right time. And like (laughs) just crazy, crazy shit happened. And, um, you know, both of us have really interesting networks through music and art. So like a lot of things just kind of like snowballed in a great way and beyond like collecting and and making art, like we do a lot of stuff together and, um, you know, we, it's important for us to support our friends, like more than anything, really.
3: It's so cool that NFTs give us the opportunity to just like have these organic communities just spring up around art and culture and like moving everything forward.
0: Yeah. And I think because of that, there's such a gap there's always a gap for something like there's always a space and a gap for whatever you do and like you know not all of my art is so serious and conceptual but like for people who are into that stuff and relate to it it's there for them for people who like more like abstract stuff i mean not not to say that i have like the craziest range yet but um i think like squibs has way a crazier range as an example but um and a lot of the artists in the show who like are really some of my favorite artists but yeah there, there's there are so many mediums and uh styles and messages and types of people to find in the space beyond profile pictures and ens addresses and like all these other nft things or even like uh you know people minting songs or poems like i think that, that was a really huge part of curating metaphysical was like how do i bring together a group of folks that like all kind of know each other through Twitter, but maybe aren't all best friends yet, and are kind of doing similar things, but not all the same thing, and also like represent different types of people, race, gender, age, sexuality, location, but like also all kind of are like in this similar circle, and It really, I'm amazed and honored that it worked out the way it did and that everybody wanted to do it.
3: And when did that take place?
0: It was July 23rd to the 31st.
3: Okay. So when did you come up with the idea and like how long did it take you to like get all that together? Because that sounds like a lot of work.
0: It was. and I did not know what I was getting myself into going in. It was my first time ever curating like outside of my own stuff. I want to say the idea came when things were going nuclear in like march around that time and when i like i think that was around when you guys launched your podcast right
3: yeah we've been around since uh, yeah february yep february
0: march yeah so i think around that time i i began to think to myself like nobody's really doing and this is like right when the vaccine started coming out so i was like okay the world is about to come back sort of yeah I, i'm itching to go to an art gallery I'm itching to see like mad dog Jones in a museum or, you know, people, <laughs> right. or whatever. Like if those guys aren't in galleries and museums, like Sean Williams, and it's a crime that Sean Williams has never been in a gallery show before until this one. But like, if, if people and mad dog aren't in museums, then Sean isn't like somebody needs to do something about this. And I started, it really started with, yeah, with the main concept of like, I want to do physical and digital art together. I live in Bushwick, which is a very vibrant artist community in New York. And just walking around the neighborhood, I discovered this new gallery that I didn't really know much about. And, you know, I walked in and it seemed like they had some cool stuff and I really loved the space. And as soon as I started talking to them, not just, you know, because at at that time, NFT was a buzzword for sure. And it still is to a degree. Yeah. But the more I was telling them about the idea and of like joining these two different types of art and explaining like how they're very similar and very different and sort of what the community. You know that that this show represents is about and um, and all these things they were so sold on it and they told me to curate because I had no idea that's what. I was trying to do you know <laughs> yeah I was just like here's some of my favorite artists let's do a cool show of physical and digital art like I just bought a mural canvas they're awesome you know like <laughs> that's literally like how it went down and actually um one of the artists in the show Noah Coker w- like he also lives around here and-, and we hang out in the park and throw frisbee from time to time we like walked f- I-, I told him about this gallery that I walked into and we like walked over to the gallery after playing frisbee or throwing frisbee and like that was when i like really like came with the pitch i was like i've been thinking about like all this stuff since we last spoke and here's what i want to do and they were like cool here's our email like and then that friday i think that was like maybe monday or tuesday and then that friday they were like yeah you should curate it so long answer to your question probably like three to four months of like ideation but most of the work i think by nature of working with nine artists yeah (laughs) <laughs> Not all from New York. Yeah, deadline. The last, like, two months, especially the last, like, two, three weeks were a lot. Um, but it all it all really paid off in the end, for
3: sure. I'm glad you guys can all, like, maybe relax for a second. I know most artists are just diving right back in right now. The space is so hot.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're in a bull run, man. I mean, I think for, for myself and, you know, I, I would consider if not all many of the artists in the first show like sort of the core group of this concept of the metaphysical thing we're talking about more cities already like i was as soon as it was done like like sean and sophie and i were hanging out the day after and we were just like oh my god like this was amazing we need to like you know hear all the moves and i was very i was in a rush at first to be like okay we're gonna do this city and then we're gonna do that city and like And then the year will be over. And now I'm like, okay, we don't need to do another one this year. Like let's plan out a few months ahead and like do it the right way. And it was such a learning experience of that where um, everybody's working on a ton of projects. Like, especially those two, like they're always cooking up amazing stuff. And um, Squibbs and I are doing a lot of different things right now. And he's doing his own solo stuff. I'm doing my own solo stuff. Black Sneakers has a comic, which is incredible. Solo did like this huge merch line that I'm I'm sure is taking a lot of work and um you know everybody's making a lot of stuff but as far as the show goes I really think first half of next year expect metaphysical in a US city near you and hopefully by the second half of next year internationally that's the goal right now
5: that's awesome man
0: yeah thank you
3: how did the people coming into the gallery accept like the physical and the virtual aspect of the art. Like when you were there watching, I'm sure you saw some people. How, what were like the really the reactions of the people?
0: It was varied and it wasn't varied by age or gender or whatever, like predictable um, you know, characteristics you would you would group things in by. There were people, like older people, probably like 60s and 70s who, who came and saw the show who loved the digital stuff, there were younger people that barely looked at the digital stuff. It was very, it was a mixed bag. Um, I think a lot of people were just amazed by how talented all the artists were and how some of them, some of their styles translated through the physical and digital and others were, I wouldn't say like totally different, but maybe in terms of like process and, and, uh, and style maybe a little different. I think most people enjoyed it like to some degree. Even people who didn't buy anything or like walked away. It was very positive, you know. I think the gallery especially shout out to Door Door Gallery by the way. That was the gallery in Brooklyn that that hosted the event. Um I think they were very happy with getting their foot in the door of digital art and like starting to do these things. So I imagine they're going to have a lot more of this stuff and and we've talked about a couple potential projects down the line but yeah and for most of these artists it was their first ever show if not their first in new york so like to have one of each and to show the connection and also like how many of them have actually found some success or like financial freedom through nfts i think that was really impactful for the artists too
3: yeah i mean it probably opens up the gallery's eyes too to all sorts of possibilities in the future
0: yeah yeah exactly and i I really hope that more traditional galleries here, especially the ones that kind of operate at that like mid or higher tier, you know, like let's call them like the feeders into the auction houses. I hope some of those guys eventually wake up to what's going on, because I think there's still a very, I don't even know if negative is the right word. I think it's like a lack of seriousness towards NFTs. Yeah. From traditional art world folks, and maybe it's similar to like the music industry and how maybe streaming wasn't embraced right away, or you know, the Yeah, sure, the internet. Like, you know, th- there are lots of parallels, I guess, throughout history. But yeah, I mean, th- am I allowed to swear on here? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've listened to. You, I should know that, but like, like to be honest, I-, I just think it's bullshit. Like, art is art, you know, whatever. Um, theories about like nfts being money laundering or not having no value or whatever like who's to say that physical art quote-unquote real art has any value who's you can to launder say launder money, money
3: just as easily with traditional art
0: oh dude there's so <laughs> much money laundering and crazy shit going on with traditional art so like yeah i i don't like it and and honestly like I got a lot of backhanded compliments from people in the act in, in the actual art world, you know, or what, however they, they consider their world. Um, a lot of backhanded compliments about my abilities as a curator or like the setup of the show or of just NFTs in general. And it's like, you didn't, Hey, you didn't like have to come to the show. And also if you're this, if you're still late, you're not going to make it like, not to be a, a fucking Twitter meme, but like, if you still don't get it, like, how do you expect to have a business in like that's, 20, 30 years, you know? That's
3: what I was going to say is like these smaller ones, the feeder ones, like you like to say, the ones that flip over to NFTs or embrace that technology sooner are going to do very well. So they'll be very successful in the future, I think.
0: Yeah. To- and bonus points if they leverage a royalty on their sales, like in perpetuity. You know, we were really generous Uh, on this first show, and and I didn't take any, you know, probably shouldn't say that publicly, but, like, I was very generous with the artists, and, like, and the gallery was very generous with the artists for this first show, because it was a proof of concept, and, like, for me, it was very much, like, a labor of love and passion project, but for these galleries that are pulling serious revenue on physical art, if they really you know, hired curators or worked with curators that know the space well, and the same goes for NFT platforms, not to throw shade, but a lot of them can really use refresh on their curation. If more of these galleries really, you know, dove in and and attempted to do it in a real way and had some sort of backend in perpetuity, I mean, you literally can't do that in the physical art world. So yeah, I could go on and on about this for hours, but I think we're very well aligned on this one.
3: So the back end, like you were talking about, that was Bitski for your gallery show, right?
0: Yeah, Bitski hosted the sales for the NFTs.
3: That's awesome. I've actually interacted with that platform a couple of times. Um, Shout out to Obana. I got one of his uh, uh, collabs with uh, Crush, where he did some music, and then Crush did the visuals. uh, That was like the
0: episode series, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was super cool. I like that
3: Boys, so... That's the first time I used Bitski. I thought the the user interface was really cool. We'll drop in the blurb from Christina from Bitski here and let her talk about the vision of that platform from a marketing perspective. I think she had some really good points on there, so I'll just drop that in here somewhere.
1: Hey, y'all, my name is Christina Chu. I'm the head of marketing over at Bitski. Um, In terms of my background into crypto and NFTs, I started investing Uh, years ago, um, really more when ETH hit the scene. Hold on, probably like most of y'all listening to this podcast. And um, my interest was reinvigorated in NFTs late last year. Um, When NFT started hitting the scene more, I just got really excited about something that was such a tangible use case of blockchain technology and really more so about the implications for creators being able to monetize Um, in a creative space that they previously weren't able to. Um, Up until that point, I had been working with music artists and um, a lot of folks in the culture space, also within gaming. And I actually advised for an all women's gaming collective when I met Donnie and the team. And when we were chatting, we realized we shared a lot of the same desires for NFTs to have more utility than just something you look at in your wallet. Um, We love the idea of being able to flex NFTs in multiple simulations, whether it's within games, social platforms, or more. Um, So when Max approached us about doing a show in Brooklyn with some OG Bitsky creators, we got really excited because obviously love supporting artists. But what was really interesting was that we wanted to w- collaborate to make sure that we would do something that was non-traditional. You know, at that time, we were starting to create more integrations for the Bitski wallet to be able to plug NFTs into virtual spaces, such as on Cyber, which is this awesome virtual gallery, shout out Ryan over there, um, where you can plug in your Bitski wallet and display NFTs within... A few clicks in really cool virtual environments such as spaceships or temples and more so we thought it'd be really cool to do a show with max and all these awesome artists like black sneakers goibs and more uh, that help people question the limits of art and think about what else they could do with their nfts beyond just looking at it in your wallet while most other platforms might be only creator centric which is super dope we're really excited about powering a larger metaverse ecosystem that will bring everyone up. So think users, creators, brands and developers of these virtual spaces. Uh, We're currently in the process of working with more virtual spaces to allow users to plug in our OAuth compliant wallet, which then allows them to use their NFTs in these virtual spaces and flux them within games, social platforms and more. So imagine um, virtual sneakers that are NFTs, that it's not just something that you could look at in a wallet, super cool, and as art in and of itself, but also uh, NFTs that you can take within a social platform and have a special air filter customized to it that had special accessories that defied the laws of physics, um, but then also something that you could take into a game and wear on your character as well, so, We're really excited about working with more virtual spaces to establish these standards for creators like Max and all these artists that we work with to actually design NFTs that can be used in all the places that we spend our time and also collectively participate in the financial upside of sales of these NFTs. So anyway... Hit us up at Bitski to collaborate. We're so excited to continue discussions on how we can continue to expand the metaverse collectively and create radically new economics that benefit everyone more equitably, so. That's it, hit me up with more questions, thoughts, whatever, love what y'all are doing.
0: Hell yeah, shout out to Christina, man. Shout out to Christina and Fumika. Those are those are the queens of Bitski. They're seriously amazing. Oh, yeah. Also just like a side note, um shout out to all the women that were involved in this show the one of the the partners and essentially manager of the gallery ketrin um was instrumental in making this happen fumika and and christina on the bitsky side and also we had like amazing fire women artists in the show sophie black sneakers bobby I, yeah. I, to be honest, I, I think they kind of killed all the guys in the show. But
6: uh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
3: talk about Black Sneakers for a minute because yeah. um, I looked at her comic. That looks awesome. Um, can you give me a little bit more about her and then I'll drop her little voice memo in here as well?
0: Yeah, for sure. So um, without um, imposing too much of my own uh, ideas about her work or anything like that, I'll tell you that I think Black Sneakers is, is one of the one of my favorite artists period. And I think one of the most undervalued artists in NFTs right now, her work has been shown in a ton of amazing magazines and publications and stuff like that. Her comic is great. Her individual pieces and merch and one of one art, all all of her just, you know, straight up art is really vibrant, like beautiful bright colors. Almost all of her characters like sort of have a, a, a level of like superhero or mysticism. It's really interesting a lot of them tend to be black characters that are also like fused with different colors like depending on i think certain concepts that she's working with at least that's my interpretation of a lot of her art um i i think it really you know speaks to an important thing that probably isn't spoken about enough in nfts and yeah she's just amazing i i bought some of her art like that's how much i believe in black sneakers i think she's
3: incredible that's awesome we'll let her um speak about herself now, and I'll pop in that voice memo.
2: Hi, my name is Black Sneakers. Um, being a part of the exhibition and auction metaphysical was really great to experience, especially since it included both digital and physical pieces. And having set piece auction on a site such as Bisky, as it was fairly new to me. The pieces included for me were double vision, a portrait done in oil on canvas, and phase two, which is entirely digital. Um, both take on the concept of sci-fi fantasy, because lately I've been exploring that as it's one of my favorite genres of art literacy and film and to go even further the vision is about what-ifs especially because the portrait includes a character with like two irises in both eyes which I think is pretty cool especially when I was in the midst of working on it kind of cool to explore Um, that painting was my way of including a character from a world beyond this current one and as for phase two there's this theme in my work sometimes of threes of heroics and people with abilities beyond our human capabilities, (laughs) Um, especially teams, and I wanted to expand on that concept even further within the sci-fi fantasy realm. And I've stated before, I'm currently exploring that subject even more. I recently started my own comic called Starlight that's available on the Twitter page at Starlight Comic and on my Behance page. And I am creating a storyline for one of my pieces that's available on Foundation at the moment called The Seer, The Magician, and The Swordsman. It's one of my favorites, and a small storyline surrounding the three characters in that piece I think would be fun to attempt and share. Um, My most recent piece I've posted is the first of that storyline. And once all three have been done, they'll make their way onto the market. And as a Black artist with a love for sci-fi, it's quite an experience to have my work transform into what it is now. At the beginning of my journey within the metaverse, my work was primarily existential with a focus on Black narratives. And now it's about out of this world storylines inspired by that interest. And seeing Black sci-fi fantasy become more prevalent today, which I hope others can be inspired by. There's more products I'm a part of or that I will do on my own and they'll be announced soon as well or sometime in the future. So be on the lookout for them. And thank you so much.
3: It was, it was great listening along and how I think there's three parts of the comic. She's going to wait for the, the three before releasing them, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think there... I, I don't know her full plan, but there will be like a, a larger narrative about it.
3: Follow I her on Twitter. You'll keep up with Starlight Comics.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For all of the, the, you know, sort of like spin-off of profile picture projects that are like turning into comics or like these bigger worlds it really excites me to see artists building their own worlds on crypto and even like what Fuck Render is doing, I think is really exciting.
3: Um, Yeah. The Fuck Renderverse is insane. It's so cool, man. It's so cool. I'm excited for it. He said it'll be um, cloud-based soon. So you don't have to download it anymore, which I heard is going to be a game changer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was messed up that he got hacked, wasn't it? Oh my God.
3: What a terrible, that, terrible thing to happen. That's
0: probably a part of it. And also one of the artists in our show, Bobby, Bobby Kai got hacked and it was like, it was so upsetting. We, I, I really feel like the community did a good job of, of rallying around her and supporting her, but it, it makes me sick when people target artists of all people.
3: Yeah. And I think the silver lining to all of it is that although they may have gotten all their stuff gone, like they've brought the community up to a, a higher level of awareness of what's going on and, securing your shit and like I think they can rest their laurels on that knowing that you know they're protecting a lot of people out there by having the exposure of what happened to them so silver lining I guess I mean it's it's not gonna get your your tokens back but you know something
0: Yeah. yeah small silver lining
3: i mean i just i bought a nano ledger x today because richard said so that guy is just always giving out tutorials on how to keep your shit secure yeah amen
6: i just got one of these yeah
0: yeah, yeah
3: I'm, it's scary out there
0: it's scary setting one of these up too though because you've never i mean with with anything where you're playing with either tokens that you've accumulated or like art that you've you know that you really care about or or whatever it is like one letter one line like one thing just fucks it up and
3: it's dude tell me about it i have anxiety like just signing something in openc i'm like please god let this be the right thing like you know uh, that
0: thing on discord collab land where like you try to get a rank in a, in a server yeah. whenever i get those i get so scared that it's a scam
3: someone's just faked what it collab land with a different number on it or something yeah. uh,
0: it freaks me out do your, do your research is the is the resounding message and like If anyone listening is not already deep into NFTs, and this is like unsolicited advice, but a lot of people do ask me my advice on this. And I feel like it's important enough to share here. Really like take your time before you you spend a lot of money you don't want to lose in this space. Because more likely than not on your first or third or fifth try, you will probably lose money you're not going to be happy about losing. It's better to like to really try to figure out what you care about and your strategy and all of that. And the same goes for an artist. I think if you're an artist and you fumble your Genesis piece, I think it could really haunt you for a long time. It sets the tone yeah, for for what you represent and what, you know, what you're trying to do in the space. I think.
3: I think earlier on, it was probably a lot easier because there were less eyes on it and you could just like switch platforms and be like, I'll burn that. Like no problem. Like, Mm -hmm. but now it's like, you get big later on and someone finds out you had this other piece on another platform and they're like, Hey, kind of upset about it. And it's like, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, I think you're 100% right. Take your time. That's the key here is taking your time in both sides of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
3: What's your thoughts? I know, I mean, first curation job, the super rare tokens out now, have you looked into that at all?
0: i have and i i have accumulated some i wish i had the means to buy pieces on super rare in the past
3: same i they're just out of my realm of purchasing
0: me too and it seems like a lot of people who made some of those purchases basically recouped everything just by the airdrop which is yeah incredible i already loved super rare conceptually and and like lurking but i have so much more respect just based off of how they handled the whole thing. Um, I did get a little bit that I'm very happy about because I, I got it a few days ago <laughs> and the the token is looking really nice right now. It's um, so spicy. From a curation standpoint, it could, it could be very revolutionary. I don't want to speculate and say like, this is it. And like, they figured it out because we haven't seen it in action yet. But I, I and also, you know, something to think about too, if you're not someone that didn't get the airdrop, there's a very high barrier of entry token wise to like to have influence in, in the voting and and all those sorts of things. And I think like people getting priced out in NFTs and crypto is sort of the name of the game because it's about what's in your wallet, right? So there there's that part of it too, but I think it's really awesome. I would love to do something on on super rare. That's not to say that there haven't been conversations or, you know, I'm not going to down that road at some point um, for one of these shows. I would love to do a metaphysical show with them at some point if it makes sense. And maybe even like do a metaphysical storefront like what they're doing, you know, these sort of like virtual galleries that are approved. Um, I think it's so cool, man. We need to see more of this type of stuff from from the platforms, you know, you know, other platforms that are, are pushing initiatives that are very underwhelming in comparison are getting shade on Twitter for that reason, you
3: know? Yeah, I. I like the token a lot because it just, it's perfect for this space, right? It's for curation and it's decentralized as its own token. It's like, I mean, it's almost like they planned it, you know, like this has been part of the roadmap for a while, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't.
0: Yeah. I, I I wouldn't know, but um, it was a very smart play. The way they announced it and executed it was really professional like super professional and they change so many people's lives by giving them by by redistributing that that value i mean yeah it's just amazing man i hope that the collectors like the really huge collectors that just went shit on like x copy and yeah uh, i one of my favorite artists on super rare who i have to give a shout out to is sarah zucker she's amazing um one of very few Jewish artists in the space that I've come across, actually. he's OG,
3: like been around yeah. the space for a while.
0: Yeah, OG crypto artist. And um, yeah, I. Th- my point being, the collectors that aped into like really awesome early crypto art on there that now have like hundreds of thousands of rare tokens, I hope they buy more. And I, I hope that it continues in the way that the community... And the ecosystem should consistently flow and like the value should flow from the artist to the collectors to the artist to the collect. And, and from artist to artist, that's the ideal. And they created that value. So it's, it's fucking awesome to me. Yeah. And I wish I had more of it already.
3: <laughs> Same. I got a little bit. I only bought one thing on there and then I sold something. And I don't know what they base, how much you get on, but it was like 0.2 ETH to 0.3 ETH. I ended up with like, less than 2000, but I was like, okay, dude,
0: that's sick. So you yeah. got the airdrop. drop. That's sick. Yeah. That's super sick.
3: That was oh, so early on at 0.2 ETH. I don't think that was, that had to be like 250 bucks. Smart man
0: paid off nicely.
3: It did. It worked out. Well, I don't know what to do with it yet. I mean, <laughs> I think I'm just waiting to send my vote somewhere or find out where I can sell it.
0: Yeah. Well, you could swap it on Uniswap. Oh okay, yeah. I'm not or yet. Buy, not or yet. you can buy art with it, like straight up. Can you? Um, I don't know if they've enabled it yet. You could definitely do a private sale, like if you contact an artist. Oh, true, true. I don't know if it's actually live yet on their platform, but I think you're gonna be able to buy art with it.
3: Almost that positively. I like a lot. Yeah, because I'll definitely just turn it into art. That's God. It's what I do with all my money now. But that's another. <laughs> Other thing, I did want to talk about two other people that you sent voice memos for. So you mentioned Squibs earlier. I listened through that. Does a lot of 3D art. Does
5: AR filters for
3: Death Row records. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah.
5: Um,
0: Those have been super fun projects to work
5: on. Hey, my name's Squibs. I'm an artist from Kansas City. I do lots of 3D renders, 3D printing, extended reality, just general design stuff, like whatever the project I'm working on requires. And uh, Max and I actually work on a lot of stuff together as a pair, so shouts to him. He really brought a good group of artists together for the Metaphysical Show in Brooklyn. It was just like a huge honor to really be involved in all that. There were just so many skilled artists, and to be a part of that was amazing. Currently, working on a lot of unannounced stuff, but it's definitely in the realm of ERC, pushing the ledger forward with all that making sure it looks amazing in the process. I've always been intrigued by digital art and 3D renders for as long as I can remember, even when I really didn't understand what they were. Like in Halo Forge back in the day, I'd make a whole scene and just it would blow my mind. And then I found Blender, then I found Illustrator, then Cinema 4D, Unreal Engine, all that stuff. And now I have my arsenal of 3D printers to bring all of that into the physical realm so i'm just a very very creative ecstatic kid child about all this stuff and it's very exciting to see it all come together and really be on the first wave of something that i think a lot of us know will be huge
3: do you want to dive in a little bit about your background with squibs and maybe his pieces at the um the metaphysical gallery
0: yeah totally so um so squibs is a friend of mine through music uh Sort of the mutual friend that made that connection is a guy named Matt, who started a, a company called Fashionably Early, which is a very uh, impactful music discovery platform. And now like they have their own record label and stuff and they, they do amazing stuff. And Matt's just like an incredible person. So Matt worked with Squibs on the music side for a while and they, and they still do to, to an extent. I met Squibs through Twitter however many years ago, maybe like three years ago, four years ago. And then him and Matt were actually in New York at the same time, a couple years back, a couple summers ago. And um, like, we all went out for dinner and hung out or whatever. And then like on his last day in New York, he's gonna, he's gonna be mad that I'm roasting him. (laughs) But this is my bro. Um, On his last day in New York, he like hit me up. He's like, hey, I'm like, Kind of bored can i come over and we just like hung out and like talked about <laughs> art and life and music and stuff and i'm like dude like why are you hanging out with me like in my apartment i had, i was like on crutches i had a surgery so i was like laying in my bed and we were just like but no he he's the homie i mean he was really one of the first people to get on um like youtube vr like he was designing like vr music videos right when they launched it and just always ahead of the curve with like AR and and now he's doing these 3D prints. I'll show you. I have a couple here in my office. He's a true artist and like, and really it's just super skilled.
3: Holy shit, dude.
0: Yeah, this is like a shiny silver one that he did. This is like a patina, a smaller one.
3: That's crazy. He said he had an arsenal of 3D printers. He, was he not does paid.
0: now. He started with one and then just like once once some of those checks started coming in, he was like, I'm going in. Like, this is going to be a, a whole thing.
3: It's so cool to model something in 3D and then be able to print it out and touch it. Like, I think that's the bridge for a lot of people to get to the all virtual land. They need like some stepping stones.
0: Yeah. And when, when he gifted me these two, um, I guess you could call them like figurines or prints or whatever, Like when he gifted those to me and and some of our friends when he came to New York, I was like, dude, this is like your cause moment, like run with it. It's so good. But anyway, so yeah, we started um, plotting on NFT stuff like back in December and did so much fucking research on the space, like learned about gas and we're just like, what the fuck? Like, how are we supposed to like, we don't have money to just like throw into the ether literally what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to put pieces up? And a lot of it started with a, a collaboration with a musician, friend of ours, um, Haji Gaviota, who's from New York. And he actually performed at, at the after party for the show, which was really, really awesome.
3: Was that the DJ that they were talking about?
0: So Squibbs Squibs did a DJ set and then, um, cause he, you know, multi-hyphenate artist like does everything and his set was great. Um, a friend of mine named Cam did his first ever DJ set in front of people and literally like fucking had the room on fire. Like it was nuts. Like I, I, I knew he had good taste and all that, but shout out to, to DJ Cam Dukes. He fucking killed it. He, catch him in Bushwick. He'll be around this summer <laughs> in, in the foreseeable future. He's amazing. Um, and then my homie Jordan, who goes by T1BG, that one black guy he dj t1bg he did a set and he also he always kills it around brooklyn and and manhattan um but yeah so so we were doing this collaboration with haji haji put out his first like proper album last year called purgatory and this was even like before COVID. i think like he came up with this whole concept of purgatory and like haji's one of like he's been the homie for years and we've always you know, supported him and liked his music, but like he's really put in so much work as an artist and like has grown so much as an artist that I was dying to do something with him, like whether from an AR perspective or just some sort of creative thing, because he like did basically like a VHS movie of his album and like all this other stuff. So crazy. he yeah, he's just fucking sick. And like just such a good dude too. Like he's awesome. And um I, I really think we're gonna do another one with him in the near future. But Anyway, so we were planning this whole thing and like Squibbs basically came up after like a bunch of terrible ideas from all of us. Squibbs came up with this amazing idea to do a room, like a 3D environment room with Haji as like a kind of like a cartoon character and like taking different symbols and tropes from his album and placing them in this space, like from the different music videos that appear on the VHS so it took it took a little while to like get all that down whatever and then when it came to minting this is like you know we're talking like late january early february when things are starting to pop off and we had already been like building relationships in the space and and researching but we were like what how are we going to do this And like we want to do like 30 editions or 20 editions like this is going to be crazy and just being you know super passionate about this space and this medium I was just all over Twitter and Discord and like doing everything for a while, like just super lasered in and also like pre-vaccine. So I had a lot more time to like yeah. be in this room and just on this computer all day. And I learned about Bitski. I saw Fawocious did like a very limited drop on there and a bunch of other really awesome artists like Odius And And I saw that they were taking applications for their first co- cohort and I just snuck us in there. And we somehow got in like right after all of that. So like r- literally like on their launch, like their, their wider launch. And, um, you know, this isn't like a Bitsky ad, but like they do make it a bit more accessible to mint large amounts of work because you basically pay a one-time fee to set up your smart contract or otherwise right. collection. And then you pay 69 bucks a month unless you're like a major company and you need like more services that I think they charge more. And then they take a very a very small percentage of each purchase or of each sale. So it was kind of a no-brainer. Like this and they take credit cards. So like none of our people know about MetaMask yet, like the music people. So like we need to make this accessible. And we like after months of research, we knew the mechanics and like how we wanted to do it. We put it out. We sold out that piece and like I want to say like 10 minutes or like 15 minutes. And it was a huge, like Donnie, the founder of Bitsky, bought one. And like, there were just a bunch of like cool moments around it. And this music blog, Ear Milk did an article with Haji about it. And like, it was just, so that was like a big entry point for us. And then from there, a lot of people started reaching out of all, like varying levels of uh, musicians and brands and stuff like that. And Squibs being so fucking talented in so many mediums, we just started landing a lot of client projects. Um, so that's been keeping him and, and myself to a degree busy over the last few months. So that, that's the long and, and short on Squibs. His two pieces, though, I, I'll say this because that story was way too long. Um, <laughs> his physical piece for Metaphysical was so... the pros, Have you seen the process video of how he made the piece? I have to send no. it to you if you haven't seen it. He want to see that. He 3D designed all these different faces that kind of look similar to what i just showed you but they're like flat they almost look like phantom of the opera like the masks in phantom of the opera yeah and he designed i think it was like 20 or 30 different faces something like that and then printed each one out which i'm sure took like a a hell of a lot of time uh to do and then he like built a wood frame and poured like wood filler into it and did all these different like paint layers and spray layers and like And it literally looks like an artifact from like thousands of years ago. Like it's just, it's the the name of the piece. Uh, (laughs) I'm looking it up. It's called Low Tide. Sorry. It's called Low Tide and it's still for sale. It it belongs in an amazing collection, but it's just, it's such a sick piece. And then his digital piece is also a 3D render. It's like he made it in cinema 4D. And I think, I think he might've also worked on it in Photoshop or Procreate as well. But that piece is called, ah, shit, it's probably on his Bitski. I'm so sorry. His, his digital piece was called Afternoon Nap. And it's basically like ha- like part landscape, part portrait, mainly landscape of like sort of a classic American barn looking scene, but it's like kind of in a desert. And there is a character sitting on a chair on his porch with his dog that's laying down and there's like a bottle of vodka on the porch and it's just it's such a like beautiful slice of life like classic like it looks like it's from like 1920s American like if you go to the Whitney and go to like that floor of American art where it's like some of like the early shit that they bought it looks like that but it's a 3D render like it looks photo real and it looks like even texturally it looks like a picture or a painting And yeah, our homie Elijah who bought bought his digital piece and mine like got a complete steal on it. Shout out to Elijah. He's building an arsenal. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's that's Squibs. That's my spiel on Squibs. I I fucking ride for that dude, he's amazing. And uh, Noah is also an amazing artist who I've been following on Twitter for a while. And really, I, I told him this when we met in person for the first time at the beginning of the year, Outside of maybe Fawocious and then Sean, Noah was one of the first few artists that I was following for a
6: long period of time who introduced me to NFTs. Hey, uh, my name is Noah Coker. I'm one of the artists that Max helped get into the metaphysical show. I was actually lucky enough to see Max like create this from the very beginning. Um, It started out as this idea that he just told me about and then um, he mentioned that he had talked to some people at a gallery down down the road from where we both live. And I was actually with him whenever we went over there to pitch the idea and they seemed pretty excited about it like right right from the very beginning. So that was cool to watch. And then to see the idea go from idea to reality and then getting all the artists together and all of it was just really cool to watch and see Max like really like bust his ass to try to make it be something beautiful. And it honestly totally paid off. It was amazing. The whole show was amazing. And honestly, like, I kind of had low expectations just because I didn't know what to expect, but it definitely, like, exceeded my expectations. I was very, very happy with the result, and it was just a great place, and energy was great. Everybody was really friendly. Like, got to talk to people about art, and the DJ after show, after party, was really cool as well, and it was just a great experience, and I'm so thankful that Max let me be a part of it. My art is definitely more um, influenced or inspired by just experimentation so i really like diving into like multiple mediums and i don't really like want to stay in one central style i guess so that's why i like jump around from like painting to collage i do photography as well a couple other things but that's all that i can think of right now um but yeah i i right now currently am on vacation so i'm not really working on any art right now but i'm definitely gathering a lot of inspiration for when I get back. So yeah, I don't really know. I'm I, I people ask me what my art means, but I don't really know what my art means. I'm still figuring that out as I go, one piece at a time. But I definitely want to help inspire other people, like other artists or people that aren't artists, maybe inspire them to make art. I guess I just want people to look at my art and and think like, hey, like I could do something like that, or like I could I could be an artist. Or because really anyone has the capability. It's just wanting to do it. And if you want to do it, you can succeed at it. You just have to want it enough. So yeah, that's that's me. Um, I live in New York City, and that's actually how I got to meet Max. That's me. I'm Noah Coker. Thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, his work is just awesome. He, he does a few different types of styles, um, some drawings, some paintings, a lot of collage. Um, he has an insane collection of vintage magazines. I've seen his place and, and his studio and his place. It's that's how
3: Slime Sunday works
0: yeah exactly. and in
3: old magazines
0: dude they would probably vibe incredibly off just off of that and you know beyond that also um but yeah he he's incredibly talented with with all of those mediums and um yeah he's you know i'm grateful that i i have a art homie like very close by that i could go through a frisbee with and like talk about nfts with whenever um and yeah, he really, I think he said in his voice memo that he sent in, he really saw this show come together from ideation stage to them telling me to curate to it happening. And I'm really glad he was a part of it. His his pieces were dope, really fuck with Noah. And um, also a Bitsky OG, like he was one of the first artists on there that really stood out to me. And I, I bought a couple of his pieces over the last few months on there.
3: So we'll drop in Noah's voice memo as well and let him talk about Himself, which is always a weird thing to do you know it's like tough to talk about yourself, so I'm sure yes. he's all these artists are glad they have you as well to shine some light on them so that's awesome
0: yeah, I think doing that as a career it, like in another world has kind of made this initial phase of of this world for me like a lot easier and also like on behalf of of the other artists so yeah i I definitely got a lot of a lot of compliments and also like damn you're like really organized dude and i'm like but not with my own shit (laughs) just like you not with my own shit
3: actually are you an artist by the way no um i appreciate art i recognize things that i like and you know cinema visual arts music you know narrative art literature all that kind of stuff i really enjoy and i like finding motifs that like ring true with me and kind of holding on to those pieces of art, whether it's cinema or a book or visual art, kind of got into NFTs as like an investment opportunity, but stuck around for the art community. You know, it's just kind of um, a world I wasn't really privy to before like, you know, November.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was around, I mean, I knew about it before, but my first purchase was like one of the last days of October last year.
3: Yeah. I heard about it in August and I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then like, first,
0: like, why would I pay for a JPEG? Like, yeah. I was <laughs> like, ah, like, oh, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah.
3: But we just got back from our first art show because we went down with Slime Sunday to, um, Phillips auction house in yeah, like, yeah. Midtown. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. Like a crazy experience. Like I had never been around the traditional art world, so I didn't really know what to expect. And like, it wasn't as like, Hoity toity, I guess, as I would have imagined it, with, like noses stuck up in the air. We saw people from every background come through or look through the window at the top, like down into the gallery. And it was just fun to see him in his element, you know?
0: That's dope, man. I, I really wanted to go to that. I missed it and I, I was upset with myself, but that's sick. I'm, I'm such a fan of his too.
3: I'm sure he'll be back. New York was fun as hell, dude. I, I haven't been there in like three years before, like two weeks ago. It's a little different, but. New York's always a little wacky, so it's fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Any big city, I guess. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Cool, man. Well, Max, it's been great talking to you, man. Good luck with all the metaphysical shows you guys got planned and we'll continue to plan. Take your time, remember. That's that's the key. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks so much, Tyler. Like I it's it's actually an honor to be on this podcast because I listen. I I mean, I, I'm not, I will be honest, I haven't listened to every single episode, but i I've, I've listened to so many of your episodes and what you guys are doing even just having folks on like myself or or some of the other I guess uh community spotlight or you know that that sort of thing is so important for everybody in the space so hats off to you and um let's keep in touch man this was so
3: fun for sure dude anytime let us know about new artists that you guys are you know have in your circle we'd love to hear about them so yeah totally I'll send you some folks cool man appreciate it max All right. Thanks, Tyler. Damn, that's nifty.